welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast that covers everything in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KZSGE. Follow the program. That is at HEFpod on Twitter. You can drop us an email. That's Frankfurt at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, more importantly, where all the latest English language content covering the Eintracht can be found in one convenient location. That is facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. So here to talk about Eintracht's action at the weekend and uh, Jesus, uh, all the uh, shenanigans that have since ensued um, in the intervening moments uh, this is uh, <laughs> Chris in Detroit joins me. Hello, Chris. Hey, Brian. Uh, it's oh, it's a roller coaster of emotions right now. It really is. I I know we're gonna get to the game. I know we're gonna get to the elephant in the room with the exodus from the front office. But it's it's so hard to know where we're going with this. I mean, uh, exactly. yeah, I think I'm happy. It's I don't know. Well, hey, at least the at least until uh, news started coming out, everything was all roses and sunshine. Uh, <laughs> gosh, um, look, we're going to stick to our usual format where we talk about the match. We talk about what are we drinking, which might be uh, a little bit darker than people are oh, usually what? accustomed to and or uh, in copious amounts. And of course, then we'll get to the news and information before we preview this weekend's match, which is going to be against Gladbach in the Bundesliga. And uh, of course, we'll have our Frauen corner as well as the Frauen will, uh, ladies will be returning back from international duty um, for Germany and other national teams uh, ahead of resuming in the Frauen Bundesliga. So, Chris, Eintracht versus Wolfsburg. We knew that this could be that this was a tantalizing one and it ended up being one of the most exciting matches of the Bundesliga match day. And that's not us, you know, making fun. <laughs> it is Eintracht Frankfurt four, Wolfsburg three. Um, Chris, those first few moments of the match, not gonna lie, that probably put everyone on their butts thinking, oh dear God. And then, oh my gosh, at this in almost ra- in really rapid succession. It was very much uh, one of those days where you come in, you're ready to go, fired up, and then you think, holy shit, here we go, back to the old ways again. Um, you? But in classic, <laughs> classic 2021 Frankfurt fashion, we found a way to rebound and uh, punched them right back. Got off the mat and every punch that they had in the first half, we had a counter for it. So mm-hmm. the, the, the slow start was one thing, but the way we rebounded from the early goal and got our own, it's fantastic. Indeed. Um, just kind of rattling on some interesting uh, factors. So normally when Eintracht is uh, coming out victors, with few exceptions, uh, the Eintracht is uh, in the greater part of possession. Um, when you play against uh, Dortmund or a uh, Bayern and art and those wins against those two clubs individually. Um, Dietrich usually is uh, out being in possession. Again, we were beaten out in possession, um, uh, basically 55% to 45%. But it was more telling, Chris, is the scoreline knowing that the total shots were 20 to 8 in favor of Wolfsburg. That's just some le- uh, lethal action by the Eagles that uh, it's a welcome comfort. (laughs) Yeah. You know, 20 to eight is one thing, but if you look at shots on target, seven to five Mm -hmm. um, with Wolfsburg on the high end. Um, And of course we needed Kevin trap again from the beginning to the end. He made key saves at key points, which either kept things tight or held our lead at the end. And we'll get to the second half in a bit, but uh, how many times do we have to say without Kevin Trapp, we're not sitting at, at number four in the table and ready for Champions League. We're probably sitting closer sure. to mid-table without his heroics over and over. And that first goal, um, the, the way it was bent around him, was <laughs> world-class. He reached as far as he could. He got his fingertips on it. was one of those goals that just unbelievable. Yeah, you, you can't blame the effort. It's not like he was exactly. in bad position. 
just no hell of a shot exactly and you know uh classy goals just are what they are classy goals um in case anyone's curious of what kind of lineup that we ran out yes kt was uh back between the sticks uh you had the back three of indica ilsankar and tuta uh Kostic on the left you had Dorm back on the right. Let's see how to get himself a goal. Very nice. Uh, Roda and Sol in the middle. Um, we kept with the kind of three attacking spear, uh, but with more in the front front loaded with Jovic and Silva playing up there with Kamada uh, tucked in, which, not going to lie, that <laughs> the, some of the magic that Kamada uh, created. Oof. They, look, there's a reason why. I'm on the Kamada hype train, and I just will point to this match as another example of, look, you can say that sometimes guys will be invisible, but so was Gerd Müller, and Gerd Müller once uh, scored 40 goals in one season, and people said that, you know, he'd be invisible for 89 minutes, and then bang, bang, bang. And uh, <laughs> why do you think That's that Bayern, why do you think Bayern <laughs> scored? Why do you think that Bayern won those titles that they won in the 70s? They had a Gerd Müller. I'm not saying that Kamada is going to be the next coming, but I look at it from this standpoint that uh, um, he is going to be seen um, as the next. He is going to be seen as the next uh, player to be winning the Asian Player of the Year award. Uh, that's kind of being dominated by a certain South Korean at the moment, uh, but Kamada's really on his way. Um, you know what? I I haven't booked my ticket yet out to Kamada Island, but I will say <laughs> that uh, his efficiency, you know, he'll he'll be out of the picture for quite a bit. But when he gets his foot on the ball uh, and he decides that he's going to make a, a strong, decisive play, whether it's a pass or a shot, he is very efficient. So it, it wouldn't hurt to get him more involved early, get him touching the ball, get him comfortable. And maybe that could lead to more opportunities through the middle instead of relying on the wing. So, indeed, indeed. Um, let's talk about the attack because in front of uh, Kamada was a nice. I mean, because they switched Kamada for Eunice compared to uh, the previous week's match against Dortmund, and turned out pretty nicely. Do we keep that uh, uh, forward? Central three of Kamada, Jovic, and Silva there. Do we switch back to, say, having Silva with Kamada and Yunus to his side? Um, do we, I mean, we've got options available to us We that can come off the bench and provide some good minutes. I mean, Barcock didn't even, uh, didn't even see the field in this one. You know, I, I think we had this idea when Silva, I'm sorry, when Jovic came back, that we were going to see a too high uh, Jonas or Kamada, whoever uh, feeding them. But what's really been the most effective in tool on on this uh, match Saturday was Jovic sitting back, and he had a great give and go with Kostic. It led to a goal. Um, he really looks more comfortable playing a bit behind Silva and playing the ball in and out of the wing a little bit moving as a trailer. That's how his goal was scored. That nice run by Silva and then passing back to Jovic. So while the question is more about how to support the offense, um, I think the the factor that that's most effective for us is having Jovic slightly behind Silva. So then maybe you can have a, a Commodore or Jonas equal with Silva up there. Um, you know, alongside them Jovic likes those give and goes. Kamada's great with short passing. Jonas is quick. He can move around guys. So you have some options. I don't think it matters who's in the lineup. It's just what they're comfortable with and how they match up uh, with that short play with, with Luka Jovic. I can agree with that. Um, let's see. The things that um, I was happiest with was how we were able to handle this Typically from Wolfsburg, and we'll, we're going to see it this weekend uh, on display as they take on Bayern. So that will be quite an interesting 
uh, matchup to watch outside of you know the Eintracht match at the uh, for the weekend. In case anyone wants to watch anything else from the Bundesliga, just saying it could be quite entertaining after Bayern just lost in the Champions League three uh, three on away goals. But look, we took on the best defense and. We popped in four goals, and you know what? That's considering how many shots on target that we had overall. That's quite a uh, tally. That's quite an efficiency and something that we can be very proud of. And uh, you just kind of wonder what is next. Uh, We'll kind of get to that in a little bit. But so one thing that I am curious about, um, how say we stayed on the bench, uh, we kept El Sankar in. He uh, was at fault, was a wee bit at fault for the second goal from Wolfsburg that basically uh, at the very, very start of the uh, second half. Shoot, I was apparently returning to my seat after grabbing my second beer. Uh, and that goal happened. Second? You sure? Second beer? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah, but... Um, so, do we? So, are we satisfied with where Hasebi is? Sinker. I mean, look, Henty looks to be ready to come back. Um, I'd want him at the very middle, and Dika, uh, Tuta, and uh, Hinterreger at the back three. But did we have the? I mean, if Hasebi was in there instead of Vil Sinker, would? Um, I mean, could we have swallowed down to maybe just? Two goals conceded overall. I mean, what what were your thoughts? Because we've been playing that Ilsanker because uh, he's hot card, and I didn't think that he had the hottest of games. Yeah, I mean, if you took out, it, it wasn't a good pass by So. Uh, Ilsanker gets the blame because he kind of got caught flat-footed, um, and then the goal was scored against. But it was a bad play all around. We weren't mentally ready coming into the second half, and it showed. Uh, right away. But if you take that one play out, well, Sankar had a good game. Thankfully, it didn't come down to that one goal, and that's why it's okay to overlook it. But mm-hmm. he's been so rock solid back there the last month. I mean, really, since January, since uh, Abraham left, El Sankar's been stepping up uh, tremendously. He's off everyone's uh, naughty list from Christmas, and he's turned himself around completely now he's an asset instead of a liability and nobody expected that nobody expected that you're lying if you said you did um and i can't fault that one goal we know wolfsburg has the ability to capitalize when given an opportunity and they did that so it was going to happen at some point they had a world-class first goal the second one was our mistake and the third one with the tooth of deflection those things happen there's not a lot you can do about that. Uh, so, you know, I can't put one goal against a good team. They capitalized, but look, again, we responded five minutes later. So I don't see a big concern there. It'll be nice to have a healthy Hinty back in the middle. Uh, Very much. But I don't think there's cause for alarm. All right. Well, uh, that was a lot easier than I thought. Um, Roda in the middle, I think... I'm starting to get more and more worried the longer we go. Look, um, would I like to have an Eric Dorm like upgrade? Yes, but keep Eric Dorm on the books. But then if we did that, we would have to say goodbye to Timmy. I just think that, uh, look, I love the guy, but I think uh, time is not on his side. And, you know, the longer we hold on to him, I mean, look, he's not even... Shoot, he's not even playing all too much. He's the same age as Il Sanker uh, is right now at 31. Um, I guess the question is, okay, do you stay with uh, the right being that? Do you, I mean, we have been linked to defensive inclined midfielders. And with Il Sanker, like I mentioned, at 31, role is... You know, he's 30 and he has a greater tendency to get hurt. I'm just kind of wondering, um, which one do we uh, fix first? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's no easy answer to that. There's 
the concern with Rhoda, like you said, he's fragile, but he throws his body around. When he's physical and he's aggressive, that's when he's at his best. But mm-hmm. he's just not he's just not as efficient as he was when he first came back to us. And I don't know. I mean, he's such a he's such a good, hardworking person and even when he's struggling, you st- you still see the effort out of him. But I don't know if that's something we can afford to really just get by with, especially if you have one eye on the Champions League going forward. I think that's a place where we really need to look at an upgrade. Yeah, and I think um, in recent uh, kind of links to Eintracht players, uh, players moving to the Eintracht, we at least are in the right mindset because defensive inclined midfielders that we have on our books that you could say yeah they can play that role um no one is under uh no one's under 30 currently who has got who has shown up in that role and played it uh you got hasebe you got ilsenker you got roda everyone is 30 and up so need to freshen that and up they've all been injured at some point in the last few months so, yeah. Of course, the end of the season is great to recover, but while you're recovering in the off season, you're also aging, and the older you are, you're doing less less training to keep yourself tactical in the off season. So uh, there's a lot of concern to me in that central uh, defensive midfield area. Um, but we're gonna have a spoil of riches this summer, one way or the other, and I think we need to take advantage of that as best we can. Focus more on the defense. I agree. Um, I guess then the question, a follow-up question would be, uh, throwing it over to you, should my, I mean, the likelihood is that Mainz is going to survive. That means uh, Dominic Cole uh, is no longer going to be with the Eintracht because they'll just buy him because <laughs> he'll have been one of the acquisitions that would have uh, kind of really uh, been a driving force in keeping them up. Do we... Like, who, who do you see uh, of recent links uh, coming in for us? Or are we looking a little too far ahead and we need to certain, uh, sign up certain other things before thinking about it? Yeah, personally, I think it's a little too far ahead to, mm-hmm. to start looking at that right now. Um, you know, we, we were talking before we started the recording about all the international play that's about to come online this summer, and that's going to impact the market uh into the fall as well so we've had some success in recent years with the september moves and with a euro with an olympics you're going to see especially the young guys in the olympics you're going to see some names come out that you probably didn't see before you know we talked about Mm -hmm. um, we talked about looking at at some other leagues where we've had success finding players under the radar there's no, even though we'll talk about it, even though Freddie Bobich is on his way out the door, that doesn't mean that they're not, they don't have their eyes in a short list of guys to keep an eye on in the international competition this summer. So I wouldn't look at it as an immediate fix, but a fix in the next, you know, eight, nine months, definitely. I can agree with that. Um, that being said, let's kind of wrap it up for segment one of the podcast. It's now time for hashtag what are we drinking? And Chris, I'm curious to see what uh, I'm curious to see what uh, you're looking uh, at adding to our long list of drinks of recommendations. Well, um, just like the front office situation at Frankfurt this week, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am sipping on Mike's hard seltzer right now. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Uh, special, nothing local. I'm a corporate sellout today, uh, but that's because it's convenient and it still tastes delicious. So, a Mike's Hard Seltzer Strawberry is my go to choice. Right. Uh, didn't I expect that one? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, boy. Um, yeah, so I am on to the whiskey. Uh, this uh, moment in time, Glenn Levitt, uh, 18 year is what I have gone directly to working with. Um, and that is on top of the strong coffee that I needed uh, this morning after certain other news had broke. Oof. Um, yeah, 
I'd like to highly recommend uh, if you can get a hold of Glenn Lovett, uh, Single Malt. Um, you will not be disappointed. But then again, it's really hard to be disappointed by Single Malt. I don't think anyone will ever yes. <laughs> say, wow, that tastes bad. It's like, no, it's, well, granted, if you're 18, 19, drinking somewhere where that's allowed, because in the United States where we both live, uh, drinking age is 21. If you're of uh, that young, young age and you have a drink and you're of that and you say, ew, this is gross, give it time. <laughs> it's a refined taste, but it is delicious. Indeed, indeed. All right, that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. We'll be back with Frauen Corner and more. So stay with. Here we are, segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. And uh, the Eintracht Frauen are going to be back in action. And uh, yeah, so uh, women were off on international duty. Well done, ladies, for taking care of the, what you were able to do. Because uh, for the Eintracht Frauen, um, quite a few uh, ladies were off on international duty, including Freigang, who was able to get off on the scoring mark for the German national team. Um, something that I'm kind of excited for is the, the end of the season. Now, you still have your kind of big fish, but you've now qualified for the the Frauen Pokal final. Um, you've got uh, quite a few matches. To, you got one match to make up. Uh, in the meantime, and I think that this team is likely uh, destined for a upper mid table finish. It's going to be uh, outside of the European places because um, the current points tally to reach Europe is 34 points. Now the Frauen have a game on hand on, the, on that team, uh, but are on 21 points, um, a 13 point gap with just um, just a six. Yeah, just a handful of matches really to play left. You know, Chris, uh, going to look forward to the Pokal final, but hey, uh, they can get off to the right start against SC Sand this weekend. One of the few remaining um, uh, female-only run clubs, uh, female-only uh, sport clubs, because uh, uh, FFC Frankfurt became, uh, joined up with the Frankfurt, leaving uh, Sand and Essen as two of the ones, and Tobin and Potsdam that remain. I'm thinking that the Frauen uh, can get this one and kind of reignite uh, their season and finish off at least on as big of a high as possible, if, it, if nothing else, gain as much momentum as you can gain before you have to go up against uh, the Wolfsburg in the cup final. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is a match where, you know, oh, as far as Europe and stuff, that's out of play. Uh, but a top half of the table finish, and more importantly, playing well going into that cup finale is all that matters right now. Mm -hmm. um, now, Sand only has... Uh, 12 goals in 17 matches in league play. They've taken two points in the last five matches. This is not one that should scare us, especially with our ability to score goals. And I mean, we, we got and a their plus defense is pretty porous too. You know, it, yes, they have a porous defense, one of the worst goal differentials. I mean, we're sitting fourth in goal differential. Our problem is through the middle part of the season, we couldn't score to save our lives. But the last few mm -hmm. weeks, that hasn't been a problem. We found the form again uh, a little too late to mean anything in the league. But Agreed. as far as, as refining your rotation going into the cup finale and putting silverware on the table your first year wearing the Eagle Crest, um, you're in a great position right now. And there's still a couple hard matches here in the last uh, few weeks of the season. But an early or uh, an opportunity here to pick up three points would mean the world for the conference. Indeed, indeed. Because when you go up against a team like Wolfsburg, um, uh, and I'll point it out that right now in the Frauen Bundesliga, kind of 
give you an idea of what's going on. So Munich is the only remaining team uh, to have gotten to the Champions League uh, semifinals, if memory serves. So they, uh, uh, the Frau Wolfsburg went up against, oh God, uh, hold on. Uh, it'll come to me. Um, they went up against Chelsea ladies. Um, and uh, that Chelsea team is not going to be facing off against Bayern Munich's ladies. So with Wolfsburg out of the Champions League uh, they, and in the final of the Frauen Bundesliga. But the problem is there is a uh, five-point gap between themselves and Bayern. Bayern has won, has played 17, won 17. Look, Wolfsburg, they'll qualify for the Champions League, but... They're not going to win the Frauen title unless they defeat uh, Bayern and somehow Bayern drops enough points, you know, in drops points in other matches because it's still a title uh, race. That's but what they got. They got one more chance. It's a title race. But if they drop yeah. one more, it's over. Yeah, they the they're it's win at all costs versus Munich and maybe and perhaps it goes down to the very wire. But the likelihood is. The Wolfsburg will throw everything they got at Eintracht when it comes to the final. We can do some more uh, work on promoting that as the weeks come on. But uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna that Wolfsburg match is gonna mean everything to uh, the Frauen. So um, moving back to Bundesliga action. Um, so before we get to the news, we might as well uh, put out that uh, we were kind of surprised by the weekend's action uh, as Bayern uh, had a 1-1 draw with Union. Now, granted, um, they had a pretty weak inside trying to focus on their match against PSG um, at the time that we are recording. Uh, we have yet to see what Dortmund will do against Manchester City, but Munich was only able to get a 1-0 win and then... Uh, did not proceed due to three away goals scored by Paris Saint-Germain in Munich. Uh, that And apparently they're going to be doing away with away goals, so uh, yay for that. Uh, <clears throat> not sore on the 13-14 Europa League at all still against Porto. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, <sighs> considering the fact that we benefited from away goals, I, I feel for Bayern, but I almost am like... Oh, please, for the love of God, don't freaking tempt us because you got uh, Byron facing up against Wolfsburg uh, uh, this weekend. If Wolfsburg drop points, we can leapfrog them. And Wolfsburg still has these matches remaining. They have Munich. They got Leipzig. They got Dortmund. They got Stuttgart. And they also have uh, Leverkusen, if uh, memory serves. I can't remember if it's Leverkusen or Gladbach. One of the two. Not going to lie, that is an absolutely chocked full, top half exclusively uh, match run-in to end the season, which gives me some confidence that regardless of what we're going to talk about next, uh, that we can uh, still qualify for the Champions League and maybe even in third. Because, you know, Wolfsburg, if you think that they're going to run through the final six matches and get full points, I think someone's on drugs. (laughs) You know, we were... We were really concerned about this uh, March into early April stretch, uh, stretching from Bayern match down to Wolfsburg and playing Dortmund and Leipzig and everybody in between. And we handled that like an absolute class team. Uh, A top three or four team should play the way we did in those Mm -hmm. last six, seven matches. Uh, There's no excuse given what they have left and what we have left that we should not finish third. So, I mean, I, I, I'm booking us for third now. And, you know, if we finish fourth, that's <laughs> honestly, it's great if we finish fourth. That's it, a champion. It is right there. It is so perfectly primed for us to. I mean, if you are like even had Dortmund sympathies, like even a Dortmund fan would look at uh, what's going on around Frank Room. We're going to talk about that in a second. And what Wolfsburg has left that Dortmund could feasibly somehow. Some way, and not just by winning the Champions League, playing Champions League next season, literally just because of you know uh, Wolfsburg's run in and uh, what we're about to talk about with the Eintracht. So, um, that kind of looking at the Bundesliga table, do we want to look at the relegation fight because that was quite entertaining? Uh, 
on um, Sunday. It, Cologne versus Mainz. I don't know if anyone watched it. It was like a full-scale barn burner. And it just means that uh, Mainz is probably going to survive. As are on 28 points. But Mainz has to take on most of the top-end teams. So who knows? Maybe Bielefeld, maybe Cologne might be able to scratch uh, – up and uh, Mainz will, you know, still face the void. We can only hope. I mean, look, I like beating Mainz, but there's been more times than not that they have uh, made me punch the steering wheel. And that includes driving on the highway uh, to say goodbye to my beautiful uh, high school campus before they shut it up because uh, Mainz had a huge, huge comeback before we ended up uh, going to the Pokal final. You know, not still harboring animosity towards that at all. Not at all, but there's uh, plenty of relegation scraps still left to go. Uh, 15 v 14, that's Mainz versus Hertha this weekend. That will be quite an interesting one as well, down at the bottom end. And um, yeah, the season isn't done, and there's so much still left to play for, even if it is just kind of for the, the relegation survival or just the European places. Yeah. There, uh, for my money, if Bielefeld can figure out how to score a couple goals, I think they'll be safe. It, defensively, they're better than the other ones. Uh, it's just a matter of finding a way to put the damn ball in the goal for them. And I would love nothing mm-hmm. more to see Herita go down. Um, <laughs> mines, you know, I hate mines, but after everything that's gone on and you know what we're about to discuss, it, there's no way we can keep the elephant on under wraps anymore we might as well go right into it but i would love to see hertha go down uh, yeah wouldn't it be hilarious if uh hertha goes down due to shenanigans that they have done to us is it too late for gladback to drop like 20 straight just... um i think it's too late for us to expect everyone else to pick up that uh to gain that many more points on them I think that's more the more Wishful. the question. So, but yeah, hey, if uh, Bobich wants to enjoy playing down there, you know, he's more than happy to it. He's just going to be like, oh, Christ, why did I leave the? Why did I leave a nice job for something that's going to be way, way more challenging? Uh, Any who's it? Um, so news that has come out in the last 48 hours are twofold. So uh, we knew that Bobich was going to be leaving the Eintracht. Uh, everything's pointing towards him going to Hertha. I mean, uh, there must be some sort of fee already agreed. They're going to let him go. Um, it just hasn't been announced yet what Hertha will be giving the Eintracht in terms of compensation. Now, look, the something that we could have always had to deal with was the fact that um, that his exit was going to be Harsh, but I have to look at it from the standpoint that uh, when Bovich uh, came to the Eintracht uh, replacing Bruchhagen, dude, that relegation playoff versus Nuremberg, you were there. Um, those days and constantly fighting against survival, like fighting against relegation survival every single flipping season was just driving me mad. And you know what? We were eventually able to run off of like next to no funds. We made the Pokal final, lost, sad. Uh, We nearly qualified for Europe the following season based on our league position alone. But hey, we qualified for Europe by winning the Pokal against uh, Bayern. And then uh, look, I mean, look at the pieces that were being assembled. Bovich was the man who was kind of putting a lot of these pieces in place, helping the club be run more efficiently as a proper uh team rather than a social experiment that is always going to have one implosion that just creates uh, creates such a social anomaly that uh you know no investor will not touch them with a 10-foot pole i'm talking about schalke uh <laughs> in terms of a reference point a team that uh still is run the old way and is so backwards horribly run uh, they're going to go down and they're going to become the next Kaiserslautern. And if anyone has an idea where those guys are, they're in the bottom four of the third division right now with no money, with debts up to their eyeballs, with no end in sight, and looking at relegation to the Regional Liga, which, oh my goodness, that would be so hilarious and yet absolutely sad. And you know what? 
the Eintracht as a professional entity is a professional entity. And uh, I will give Bovich credit where credit is due in terms of helping us build something that we can be proud of. Yeah. You know what? I I do not harbor ill will against Bovich for uh, leaving. He wants to be closer to his family. Uh, he's he wants to be in Berlin and it's not the ideal time to go there, but if that's his mm-hmm. desire, so be it. You know, he's, he's done far more for us than anyone would have expected at the point in time where he came in with the hand that he was dealt. Uh, he really did make it work for us. And I, I do wish him the best. I, I'm bitter about it. Uh, but all things that have gone on the last week, he's not the one I'm most bitter about. Uh, and maybe that that helps with you know perspective on him, but I mean, like you mentioned, I, I was at that that relegation final in Nuremberg, and while there was this feeling of euphoria as we mm-hmm. escaped the relegation, as you know, we cheered, celebrated, staying in the top flight another year, mm-hmm. there was a very legitimate concern that we were going to be back because. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have the organization to to keep ourselves from falling right back into that 13, 14, 15, 16 relegation battle. And then Freddie Bobich just decides, hey, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it proper. We're not going to we're not going to overspend our resources on aging players with a name to them. I'm going to mine the talent and you're going to have to trust that the system will work and the way that you can ascribe the success to freddie bobich beyond the head coaching carousel which we'll get to um he's done it under two head coaches uh under kovac and hooter he said Mm -hmm. you know you tell me your system i will find you the pieces we will figure out a way to afford it and make it work and we've had so much success in such a short time with him at the helm where I really, I don't think you can understate just how important his value has been. And even since he's been on his way out, uh, you know, that we've known about the last couple months here, um, he's still making moves to set us up, bring in, um, well, what's his name? The young guy from from Turkey, uh, Ali Akman, um, and a move to keep Jonas here. Things like that that are, are, future moves for our success, even though he knows he's leaving, he hasn't kept his eye off the ball. And I appreciate that. And I wish him the best. I agreed. Um, if anyone did see a certain Twitter message, um, that was me. That was meant to come from my own personal account, not from the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt account. And I stand by what I said to a rather salty, salty Turk who cheers for uh, Ali Akman's uh, now former club. So I'm kind of going to kind of leave it at that. <laughs> uh, moving on, um, we need to talk about Eintracht's changes at manager. So. This is the change that we didn't think that we would have to really worry about, but um, someone decided that, hey, you know what, with uh, Bruno Hubner uh, leaving, granted via retirement, you know, he wanted to try and set us up in the best way as, you know, so tech, uh, one director uh, gone. Bobich with his leaving, you know, he's leaving. Um, I'm talking, of course, about Adi Hutter. Our present manager at the time, we'll see what kind of happens in the next few days. Hey, maybe we'll put him out on gardening leave so that we can collect the buyer's fee from uh, most likely Mujan Gladbach. Though there's maybe uh, Leipzig or uh, Bayern will be interested in him because of certain dominoes that might fall. Which, oh, that would be hilarious if Gladbach suddenly feels the rug being pulled out from under them. Anywho's. Um, <laughs> uh, Hunter came to us from Young Boys Barn previously at RB Salzburg. Uh, he won the uh, double with Salzburg, but he led Young Boys to the first tit- league title, the Swiss Super League title, in 30 years. Now, they are one of the considered one of the four uh, big clubs of that league the two Zurich clubs and uh, Basel uh, being the other ones. He- 
and he didn't stick around for the Champions League era, but I think even he, maybe he knew that uh, he had gone about as far as he could, but his successor, uh, who is a candidate who I would like, uh, Gerardo Sion, uh, to possibly take over the Eintracht, but we can kind of get to that later, or you know, we can push that down a couple weeks. But Adi Hutter has agreed to leave the Eintracht at the end of the season. Um, Gladbach has announced, of course, that uh, in the week ahead of our match with him, that he will become their new manager. Um, this hurts because you know when he first came to us. We gave him plenty of time. There's a lot of people immediately thinking, wow, we're exact, we're blowing this, but we gave him time. Success came. We, our first year, we made it to the semifinals of the Europa League. Whilst um, the start of the season was absolutely horrible, losing to Ulm, losing to Bayern. Uh, the first few matches were just god awful, but you know, we fought through it. Um, and then last year, we at, went through all those qualifying phases for the Europa League, top 16, barely missing out on uh, finishing in the Europa League places again. But hey, you know what? Sometimes the, you know, if you are outperforming what assets that you have, being in the Europa League too long can just stretch you thin and you could have a season like we did in 13-14 where we you know, were only a handful of points above the relegation zone, but we're also, but hey, we were still playing in Europe, so that's what we were kind of more focused on. So, you know, we retooled again and have a team now that is currently in fourth place, one point outside a third. I mean, we can't catch second. There's no way that we can feasibly catch second unless you had a collapse from Leipzig again. I haven't seen them. They're pretty stinking good. And seven points is a very, very, very long ways to uh, to overcome. Uh, just ask Dorman, who's currently in fifth place and looking up at us and Wolfsburg at the same exact time. Um, but this hurts. Arikotter deciding that, you know what? Then does come. Maybe he sees Beowich and Hubner leaving and no succession in place. I mean, the closest thing that he could think to a boss being would be Big Magna, uh, who a lot of people are saying is going to be Beowich's replacement. There's still rumors of, you know, Reinick. There's still rumors of this chap at Milan. Oh, uh, God. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Um... Henrik Amstadt, who is being linked to uh, Bowich's role. I mean, there's so much still up in the air that he says, well, Jovich, unless we pull a rabbit out of the hat, we're not going to get him on loans again. You, I mean, we'll sign Eunice, but tactically speaking at this moment in time, we haven't pulled the trigger just yet. Uh, we have additional uh, stuff going on, which is kind of annoying that, you know, um, there could be big moves for Kostic finally. There could be a move for Silva. And you know what? What and the question then will be, where would that leave us? And so he has said, you know what? I'm going to the Foles. I'm going to where one of my countrymen had uh, some pretty good success, where there's some good players at present. And honestly, if it wasn't for Max Ebel. I don't think any of this will be happening whatsoever. I don't think that Glaubeck will be in the position that they're in, but it's obvious that it is this one man who is the creation of all of these shenanigans that are going down with the Eintracht. I mean, you can point fingers to Bruce Dorman for saying, hey, in what was that, February when they announced that they were going to hire Michael Rosa at the end uh, for the 2021-2022 season. Ridiculous that they announced it at that point. They should have just, you know, paid for his exit fee right then and there as opposed to just monkeying around with everything else. Um, yeah, so the, we knew that the dominoes would eventually fall. We just didn't anticipate that it would be us. And shoot, with uh, the shenanigans going around, uh, uh, Flick flirting with going to the German national team coach, and they would then go after who? Hutter. They would go after Nagelsmann. They might go after someone else. There's so many things that are now falling in the Bundesliga. And... Uh, it's just a shame that we got caught up in it. It hurts, but uh, ran over. Chris, I'll leave the rest to you. Well, you're being very nice about it. <laughs> you're you're being a great host, but let me let me speak for 
the average guy here. Uh, <laughs> I just opened a new can of mics, so let me open up a little can on Eddie Hooter here. You know, you you come in here a few years back and you talk about how there's there's a system, the system works. Trust the system. You know, a lot of people question the system with the early cup exit, and the super cup loss, and you know, our first two matches we lose by ridiculous sums. We lose by ridiculous sums, and you know, and I remember you, Brian, saying, "You know, let's just be patient. You know, hear it out. Let's see what happens." And then all of a sudden, there's there's progress, and we're building, and we're seeing success, and the ultimate success in European club football is the Champions League. So not once, Correct. but twice, not once, but twice, Adi Hooter is going to qualify for the Champions League and then walk out the door. And it has nothing to do with where he's going because, you know, Gladback has some, some resources, all things being equal. And on, on paper, that is a step up in managerial position. But if you look at where things are right now, where things have been the last few years, the way things are trending, um, that's a step down. And I'm not saying that as a fan. I'm saying that as an, as an average Bundesliga fan, the step is down back to Gladbach from, from Frankfurt right mm-hmm. now. But to preach this process and, you know, for all the questions we've had about, about his system, is it going to work? Is it Bundesliga quality? And then all of a sudden it is. And then we question his substitutions. And is he is he the tactical genius that, that can get us to the Champions League? And all of a sudden he is. He was everything we expected. And then the way it's just the rug is pulled out from under me this week, I, I'm furious. I'm upset about it. I don't even want to see him on the touchline this weekend. Because it's it, it's something that, like, I understand players are professionals, and I have no doubt they're going to go out and play their asses off, especially especially because we're playing Gladback this weekend. And they're going to be professional about it. And I'm sure Hooter's going to stand there, and you know he's going to, to have all eyes on making sure that we win this weekend. But it hurts. I'm not lying. There, there is a part of me that does not want to see him out there because mm. it, it, it just it goes against this idea that, you know, you, you go to the champions league and then, you know, you hear the great music in the stands and European nights in Frankfurt. You cannot ask for more than that. And yet he's going to leave it or, or what? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not in his head, but that's where mine, my mind is at. Right. I, I don't know. There's, um, yeah. So the, at present time, um, the way that the table forms out, because this is what he is looking at right now. If the table ended right now, you would then have to figure out who between uh, one that hilarious if Kiel won the Dead Bear Pokal. I mean, <laughs> just to just shit on uh, Union Berlin and Gladbach and Stuttgart for just a brief moment, wouldn't that just be hilarious? That and a little bit of Leverkusen that those guys are chasing for the Europa League spots because the Champions League is out of reach and that Kiel would then be like, oh yeah, we're going to the Europa League, not any of you guys. And you guys get to uh, enjoy the first year of the UEFA Europa Conference, which look, it's going to be your sixth and seventh place teams from uh, England, Spain, France, Italy, uh, fourth place team from like Portugal, Russia, uh, Holland, Belgium, and then like two teams from uh, like all the rest of the uh, guys who are really going to be making up that who we usually look at that they just get knocked off in the in the Champions League. They don't even qualify for the Europa League. I mean, uh, countries like, well, uh, technically, I guess, Liechtenstein, Wales, Finland, uh, Sweden, Norway, uh, quite a few countries that, you know, we might have faced, or, I mean, Estonia, who we did face in the qualifying phases of the Europa League. That's what Gladbach is trying to claw back at. And they're just hoping that Dortmund or Leipzig uh, not only 
uh, win the Pokal, but uh, stay at least in place. Because if, if it went to, I mean, shocks, if it went to Werder Bremen, then you got to start wondering if, uh, you know, is there a few, I mean, if you're Gladbach, you then have to wonder, it's like, oh, are we going to have another, uh, like, Frankfurt renaissance where a team, you get that uh, Europa League run and then you just uh, blossom into something huge. I mean, it could blow up in their face and just be like, you know, when Cologne qualified for the Europa League. But look, there's a lot of names out there that are flying around. Rob Ragnick, uh, whether it be a coach and director role, I think that's kind of a lot to ask for one dude. I would only allow him to be one or the other. It's like... It's like you get to choose, jackass. Uh, Ten Hag meeting with an Eintracht official recently at the Frankfurt airport. I mean, guys who I will throw out there just to see if it, you know, it sticks on the wall. Jesse Marsh. Well, I mean, I'm a little biased being American. <laughs> uh, Gerardo Sion, um at Young Boys Burned, who has kept the Hutter magic going with... Uh, winning the last two Swiss League titles. And I think they've got like over 10-point lead uh, currently in uh, that league right now. And oh yeah, he's been uh, navigating through Champions League and Europa League. Shit, he knocked out freaking Leverkusen. Don't forget who his boss is. Yeah, he knocked out Leverkusen. Uh, I mean, I know we've been linked with Rolga Schmidt at uh, Eindhoven. Uh, No, thank you. We saw what he did at Leverkusen. We will be burned out real quick, and we don't have the guys to do that. Who I'd love, you know, if we went the French route, is uh, Christophe Gautier, who is leading Lille uh, currently, possibly to the uh, uh, title in France. And, you know, he's been balancing that club with Europe, and he's having to sell, like, two, three of his very biggest players every single season. That's a lot of turnover that you need uh, to be able to keep the things going, which, you know, would be something that a guy joining Eintracht would have to be okay with. I mean, even uh, the guy who I can't even pronounce his name because it is so Czech, uh, the coach at Slavia Prague, uh, so long as he comes and doesn't bring a certain racist player along with him, I'd be fine with that. Uh, Chris, I think uh, there's so many things going on. We could go on with this for the rest of the match, for the rest of uh, an entire podcast, but we still have Gladbach at the weekend. Do you want to go over some of the candidates, pluses and minuses, or do you want to just say, you know what, let me just focus on uh, the weekend? Well, I'm going to put it this way. I, I don't want to get into individual candidates. I think that is for another episode. We're still letting the dust settle on the one that's leaving us uh, in the cold right now. But let me put it this way. We're, we're a club in transition while we're really at the height of our success from for at least the last 20 years. So I don't want us to go out and say we have to fill these spots tomorrow you know there's an opening let's fill it now um we're not a club with those resources to be an on track frankfurt um, director or to be an on track frankfurt manager takes a very important understanding of the culture of the club of its history of its resources we're not we're not a high-end club we're not a plastic club Eintracht Frankfurt is very unique and very specific. And it would be a mistake to go out and make a reactionary hire without really, really doing a diligent search for the right people to fill those holes. So I'm not going to speculate on particular names. I have a favorite in France right now. You mentioned him before, but (laughs) that's just me speaking as a fan. I want people to go out there and do interviews. Uh, I want Peter Fisher to to get up there and say, this is Eintracht Frankfurt. No one person is bigger than the crest. And I stand behind him when he says that. And I want that kind of attitude going into it. I want someone who wants to be here, who doesn't want to just go to Champions League, but wants to put out Frankfurt as a competitor uh, at the group stage and beyond. And that's what we should expect at this point. We've built up. We're not going to settle for, well, that was a nice run. We need to continue that progression. And we need uh, another guy who's okay with being a builder. 
a guy who's going to consistently like build on this foundation that we currently have, which is a pretty solid one, way more solid than what Kovac uh, inherited, way more solid than that. You know, even more solid than I would say what Adi Hutter first came to. No doubt about it. And, and part of it too, um, you know, there's this pandemic raging mm. and we kind of forget about it when we're talking about moving players and, moving personnel at different levels, but we have found our success in spite of having an empty stadium, which for years people said, you know, that's why Frankfurt's been good because 50,000 people on European nights, you can't win in Frankfurt. Well, guess what? We've won Hmm. in empty stadiums. You know, we, we have a phenomenal home record in an empty stadium and we've found a way to be financially safe. We're not thriving but we're safe right now. And that is something that cannot be overlooked in all this, that in spite of everything going on um, in world of football and beyond football right now, we are finding success. And if we can do that now, Mm -hmm. imagine what we can do with people that want to be here, not just here because it's the stepping stone to the next place. Imagine if we find the people that want to be here, and then you give them the resources of a full stadium on European nights, then the opportunities are endless. Indeed. Um, that being said, uh, I hope what the next move uh, by the Eintracht is literally going to be uh, letting Hutter, Adi Hutter be placed on gardening leaves. So learning from Gladbach's mistake, who we face up against this weekend, uh, put either uh, Christian Pinter. Pintinger, more than likely, I would Armin uh, Rotershan, uh, our assistant manager. I'd prefer him in an interim role. Um, knows the club in and out. And at least he would not rock the boat uh, in terms of uh, everything going forward. I think what is needed is basically um, someone who can make sure that uh, we stay in the top four um, I would have said Friedhelm, just throw Friedhelm Funkel in there, but Cohn already snapped him up. Damn it. <laughs> just someone to get us over the line uh, whilst we do our due diligence to uh, find the right guy. Because we saw what happened with Glombeck after Rosa's announcement of him going to Dortmund, Gladbach fell off the face of a cliff. Well, you know what? Uh, Rosa obviously has gotten Gladbach starting to fire again. Oh, wait. Uh, he wants to play and have his team playing in the Champions League. So he's really incensed and incentivized this weekend for uh, Eintracht to be beaten by Gladbach. And Ali Hutter is <laughs> literally in a Lothar Mateos kind of position where um, – the cup final, he had already announced that he was making his move to Bayern. And uh, in the Pokal final, um, he uh, was, he was with Mönchengladbach at the time and announced his move to Bayern. And the Pokal final, he had a PK versus Bayern and he missed. So I see this as a basically the same sort of position that uh, Lothar Mateus was in. And it's just, uh, it's so on a knife's edge uh, right now that, uh, yeah, I'm uh, not sure what the hell is going to be next, but uh, I would really, really, really love it if we just, you know, win um all out and uh, just took on Gladbach. So switching to that match, I say um, with Hinty back in the central defense, um, that does leave us with uh, Ilsankar and Hasebe, uh, guys who could seal up things if if we're trying to play defensive uh, at any one time. I see that... Uh, with what Gladbach has done in recent weeks, I've been kind of, you know what, they've been playing against teams who are able to uh, let them, you know, get their like still and finding their groove back. <laughs> uh, they played Schalke one, then they played Freiburg who, hey, some weeks they'll like turn the world upside down. Sometimes they'll just roll over and uh, lose. Um, 
their last two losses for Freiburg have been against Bielefeld and Gladbach. So uh, take it as you will. And they showed some fight against um, Hertha this past weekend with a 2-2 draw. And um, hey, guess what? Uh, they got that wall uh, being down to 10 men, though they were kind of holding on for dear life at the end of it. So I think that this Gladbach team, even though we've had some disturbed uh, this news is disturbing to some of the players. I think that the those guys who know that they that the Champions League was is within their grasp. For some of them, this will be the first time, or you know, barely even the second time in their lives, and they want to get there so badly. Uh, Hasabe a couple of weeks ago talked about how much he wanted to get back to the Champions League. Uh, he hasn't been there since he w- was on the title, uh, the title winning team of Wolfsburg, uh, qualified for the Champions League. I think that internally, there's so much more driving this team than the coach at the helm. And whilst I know you feel that uh, we shouldn't have a coach at the helm who is going to the opposite number, um. I'm still I'm still confident in a mat in a victory for this weekend, and I will predict it as a two-one for the Eintracht. Yeah, that's a pretty solid, pretty solid outlook. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I think <laughs> that a healthy Hinty helps our defense a lot. Healthy Hinty, indeed. We talked, we, we talked about um, the troubles they had over the weekend against Wolfsburg. I don't think they were systemic i just think they're matters mm-hmm. of the moment and hinty gives them that comfort back there he doesn't panic um but i like you said these players have a lot to play for and they put themselves in position while other people are off doing interviews in other towns and getting ready to go somewhere else next year these guys are looking at champions league and they put themselves in the position to carry uh this club to a place that it is rarely, if ever, seen. Um, so I think, I think, you know, we heard uh, some quotes after training this week that the players are, are fully focused on that, and I have no question that they are entirely uh, professional-minded. They're going to get the job done. The question is how much. Me, me is a cynical fan and angry. <laughs> Hurt, you know, uh, person. <laughs> I I want to see seventeen to zero clean sheet, uh, but realistically, I think it's going to be a little less than that. I'm going to go with a three zero clean sheet. I think Kevin Trapp is going to play out of his mind this weekend. Uh, he's probably I haven't looked on paper, but he's probably our most experienced Champions League player, and I know True. for how much time he's spent in Frankfurt. It would mean so much to him, not just to qualify, but to to qualify with style. You know, he's Agreed. he's been the Agreed. heart he's been the heart and soul of this club for the better part of the last decade, and um, he's been holding us in matches against good clubs. I think he's going to shine down the stretch. So I'm going to say a three zero clean sheet. I think uh, something that will work in our. Uh, that will help us out is the fact that for Glanbach, uh, Jan Zomar getting the red card that he got last week. I think that was actually going to, that is gonna, just going to play into uh, our advantage. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think that uh, we will move on from here and uh, have some success against these guys. And why not? Cause these guys, uh, deserve getting a kick right up right in the fork yep uh, that being said okay this was a very long episode uh emotionally draining episode how about we find out where we can watch the eintracht match this weekend chris so in the united states of america that is still espn plus where you can find the eintracht versus Borussia, which is a Gladbach match, and across the rest of the globe, uh, you got different differing options available to you. So, our friends north of the border, as I said, uh, that is Canada, Sportsnet World Now, and Sportsnet Now. Uh, elsewhere in the CONCACAF re- English-speaking region, that is the Caribbean Flow Sports app and Flow Sports.co. And 
the land down under. That is KO Sports and BN Sports Connect in Australia with New Zealand as BN Sports Connect New Zealand. Um, have not seen anything. Uh, sorry, folks, in the United Kingdom and Ireland, but uh, we'll let you, you know if uh, we see something that is available uh, in Switzerland, Austria, and Germany that is going to be Sky Sports Bundesliga uh, that will be providing uh, you with an opportunity to watch the Eintracht. And of course, uh, internationally, you can also find that on one um, in the UK, one football uh, and there. So uh, that being said, Chris, uh, any final things before we say goodbye? All right, we'll get right to our goodbyes now with... uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pod. Uh, you can find me at K-C-S-G-E. You can find Chris at C in the D on Twitter. Uh, email the podcast at HeyEintrackFrankfurt at gmail.com. Uh, of course, join us on Discord. Uh, we pump out that uh, link. We sent one out earlier uh, today, recording on the 14th. Of April, golly, is it really three years ago and a day since uh, Kovac was announced that he was leaving us for Bayern and then it happens again without a hooter? Ah, well, you know, look, hey, we're going to we're gonna stick with you uh, through thick and thin because that's what I track Frankfurt fans do. So uh, I'd like to thank everyone for joining the podcast and listening in. Uh, remember, you can follow us on uh, Spotify, you can follow us on the Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Hey, I'm Dr. Frankfurt, and uh, until next time, choose. Hey, I'm